Hi, welcome to Page Start of Lisa Ferland. I'm here today with Tamara Ritterhaus, who is a kidlit author and a freelance editor. She's actually my editor for my kids' books, so I highly recommend her. Uh, she specializes in picture books and poetry. She's an expat mom and a Montessori kindergarten teacher. Her trilingual family lives in Germany, and she's the author of three, no, two published books, one in the process, which we're going to talk about today, Mermaids Don't Fart, and she has a whole line of books coming soon. So lots coming from Tamara. Welcome, Tamara. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, so happy. Okay, so today we're going to focus, because right now you have a Kickstarter campaign live right now. So anyone listening before July 6th can take part and join in your crowdfunding campaign. So I really want to talk about Mermaids Don't Fart, which is hilarious. Uh, but in your words, tell me, how did you get the inspiration? Where did you get all of the ideas for this hilarious children's book? Yeah, so the ocean has always been really important to me. My husband and I actually met scuba diving, and uh, we've spent several years of our lives in Mexico where we were diving as much as we could. <laughs> and writing kids' stories, I love to write characters that are ocean creatures. So that's why we have eel and shrimp as the main characters. Um, actually, eel, a shrimp was originally a crab, but the reason why he, we changed him to a shrimp is because in real life, eels and shrimp have a symbiotic relationship. They live together, the shrimp cleans the eel's teeth and um, keeps them free of parasites, and the eel protects the shrimp. As, so that's how those characters came to be. I love it. I love it. I, I went diving in Honduras and I saw a little shrimp cleaner station and it was the cutest, the cutest thing to ever witness in, in person. If you just hang out on the reef and you see a, a fish show up and then the little cleaner shrimp do their thing and then it takes off. But what about farting? What about mermaids in the water? What about that? So that started with a writing exercise actually which I would highly recommend. It's the truth life lip. I don't know if you're familiar with this. For writing a theme-based story, you can start with a truth and flip it to a lie. So you have a truth, for example, um, everybody matters, you know, I matter. And then the lie could be, I don't matter. And then your story, this is your theme. Now your story is how the protagonist moves from believing they don't matter to understanding that they do matter. So because I'm a children's book writer, I was doing this exercise and I was writing down ridiculous ideas with pirates and superheroes. And I had a bunch with witches, like the lie is that witches eat children and that they have to figure out that witches don't eat children. And I came around to mermaids and I remembered a nonfiction book that I had recently read called Battle of the Butts by Jocelyn Risch, which is a great nonfiction book for second to fifth graders that age range. And in the battle of the butts, I learned about manatees. Manatees actually control their buoyancy by they eat a ton of green uh, kelp and seaweed, and then they store massive, massive amounts of air in their gut. And when they need to go down, they fart. They let out a, a massive amount of air. And the, the truth lie that I came up with was mermaids fart or mermaids don't fart. And I would love for you guys, anybody watching, read the book to find out which one is the truth and which one is the lie. Uh, but instead of focusing on, focusing on the mermaid as the main character, 
because the mermaid would obviously know if she farts or not. Right. And we did some outside characters looking in to see do mermaids fart or do they not? And that's where the idea of eel and shrimp came in, that they would be watching the mermaids to see. And so uh, the story started there. Of course, there's more to the story than that. Um, yeah. It's a, a hilarious debate. They, uh, and eel is a jokester. He's telling mermaid jokes. And eel, a shrimp puts his foot down. And he's like, no, mermaids don't fart. And eel's like, yes, they do. And uh, <laughs> so that's where the drama starts. And as they're observing the mermaids, things go terribly wrong. I don't want to give away too much because it's, it's a very short book, but uh, it's laugh out loud funny. You're going to love it. Um, yeah, things go terribly wrong. And ironically, Eel needs a, a mermaid to help save Shrimp's life in the end. No, it's great. hundred percent. And you're already successfully funded. So the book is definitely happening. Um, so one thing that I really love about your campaign, your Kickstarter campaign, that's different from other authors is that you have given your readers a chance to be in the book. Can you explain a little bit about this really special reward and how it was, how it's been received? Are people loving it? I mean, most authors are like, no, this is my book. You're not going to be in the book. So tell me, how are you incorporating readers into your book? Right. So um, the eel and shrimp, we have one, I've got a sample here. Does it show up good on the screen? Yeah. Um, eel and shrimp are observing the mermaids, not just one mermaid. So the title character is already illustrated, but there's several scenes where there's mermaids and we just left them as, okay, so eel and shrimp are observing and the mermaids are just sketches. And you can see they're doing good deeds. They're cleaning up and this one is helping a turtle and this one's showing the dolphin where to go. Okay, so they're doing their good deeds um, and we could have just had nameless, faceless mermaids, but we said, let's open it up to the fans, to the readers to get their kids illustrated in the book. So um, when you do that, you open it up to a lot of things. You know, anybody could, could pledge at that level and choose to have their child illustrated in the book. And what we ended up happening was in the beginning of the campaign, when most of the pledges were coming from my friends and my family and my social network, people were doing this for their kids. But as I started uh, working with influencers a little bit, it was actually other mermaids, adults who wanted to be illustrated in the book. And they're excited because they're going to read the book at their next gig. And they're going to be like, and this is me here. I'm in the, I'm in the book. Um, so that's going to be a challenge for the illustrator and me, how exactly we work in these adults into the scene that's supposed to be children playing on the reef and, and doing their, they're supposed to be girl scouts cleaning up the reef, uh, girl and boy scouts. You're going to have to add a whole... A whole section to the story at another spread with all the all the mermaids so yeah so tell tell us more about because you I've heard so many authors talk about uh Instagram influencers and and they just had like no success you know they're like no no success um but you have had success and so do you what what would you attribute to your success is it just numbers persistence the way you approach them the offer I have a feeling I have a feeling I know but <laughs> what do you what do you think okay so let's start with the first influencer I reached out to uh I got re responded a response from their agent, not even from them. So I knew this was way out of my budget and I almost gave up on influencers. But then I tried again. And what I offered was instead of, well, they, they could have named their price, but I could pay them an affiliate commission or 
in exchange for, and I laid out, you know, for three posts on your Facebook and Instagram, then I would put you as a mermaid in the book, or I would give you a mermaid illustration when we ran out of spots in the book. And they jumped on that. Actually, I had to stop offering that because we were running out of spots in the book. So what it took was them seeing something that was of value. Of course, if I had $2,000 to pay for the post, they would have seen $2,000 as value. But they saw this illustration as a value. I don't know. You can't put a price on it. They were excited about it and they wanted it. And so they're like, it's my Instagram. It's you know, they're not controlled by an agent. They, they wanted to be a part and several of them did. I have some numbers, of course, uh, you want me to? Yeah, share as much share as how that turned out. To share. People are curious. So the big thing is, well, two things. First of all, the influencer has to be excited about it. The one who was most excited and did a reel and talked really excitedly, added graphics and all. Um, her reel drove a lot of traffic to the campaign. Um, but that was the first thing. And the, the second thing is that the one-to-one -one contact, I contacted everybody who commented or liked the reels and the posts as best I could. Sometimes Instagram or Facebook would block me. And of course, lots of these messages probably went to people's spam folders, but a lot of people were liking the message. They clicked the little heart to like the message. A lot of people responded and said, thank you. <laughs> it goes back to something that you and I have talked about it of like you don't want people to miss out you know you're giving them something of value and, and not all but a lot of the people that I messaged on Instagram after an influencer post they saw value in what I was sending them and they actually thanked me for sending them a link to my campaign which was cool exactly exactly I think it's so important and I'm just going to repeat what you said is that don't be afraid to reach out to people and let them know about your campaign and just ask them to check it out. Just say, hey, watch the video here, check it out. If you love this mermaid, you're gonna love this book. She's gonna be in this book, check it out. And so it's like much better to have that than to have all this engagement on social media and then just rely on people to know to go click the link in someone's bio or click your link in yours. And so can you just tell us the mechanism of what worked the best? Was it because you were tagged as a paid partner? Is that why you were able to message everybody? When they upload the reel, they can add you as a collaborator. Okay. And a collaborator, then it shows up on my feed, which I have a relatively small social media presence. So it didn't really benefit much that her reel showed up on my feed. But what it did help is that I could then contact everybody as if it was my own reel. So reel is already added. You cannot go back and add somebody as a collaborator because I had another one be like, I can't figure out how to do it. And then there was no way we couldn't go back and add me as a collaborator. Right. What you could do in that instance. So if someone has their own social media presence, like let's say you have your own following, um, Yes, first uh, have them add you as collaborator to anything they create because that will help. And then if not, if there's a mistake that happens or they forget, um, you can save it or have them save it and then they can send the video to you and you can repost it and tag everyone um, as well. So that's also an option. So no. nothing is undoable, but yes, it, it's helpful to have, have it done the right way. And that's the difference between working with these professional influencers who know how to work the platform and know how to, you know, give you access and tag you and do all the right thing. What was your 
I guess, how many mermaids did you approach? And then sort of like, what was your success rate? Um, just so that people have an idea of like, okay, did you pitch 50 people and four people signed on? Did you pitch a hundred people and four people signed on? Like, what was the approximate outreach? I wish I had the numbers to sound more prepared. Um, in the beginning, I approached maybe 10 or 12 that I got either nothing or got rejections from. And then when I switched to the idea of a cameo in the book, um, I had a really very good response rate. Um, I don't know the numbers. I would say I probably approached another 20 and I had four that um, had a big enough falling that I offered them an illustration and all four of them shared and all four of them got campaigns back, um, got pledges to my campaign. Um, I had several others that I, I was running out of spots and they didn't have as big of an a following. So I just offered them an affiliate link that shared and one of them had a pledge, but overall the ones that only shared for a commission didn't do very well, but they, they all responded and they were all excited about the book. So okay. um, when I say all, there was a few that didn't and a few responded and said, uh, I appreciate you reaching out, but my audience is not quite your target audience because I live abroad or it's mostly adults or whatever, for whatever reason. But I had actually very few of the mermaid emails that were totally ignored. So that's great. That's great. And did you share the story with them so they could see the book? No, I shared some graphics like the cover and back the campaign on Kickstarter. And I had a few funny ones that were saying, like, let's settle this debate once and for all. Do mermaids fart or do what makes all those bubbles? I think was the one. You know, so I shared a few graphics and then a very short blurb. Um, I knew that all of these professional mermaids, they have a, a Patty Mermaid certification. Patty is the Professional Association of Divers International. So they would understand buoyancy and, and they would understand reef life and stuff. So I, I told them about the science of it as well. And, you know, just, it's funny, your readers will like this. And also, you know, the cover of my book is, I don't want to pat my own back too much, but the cover of my book is really good. Uh, maybe I should applaud Alvin Adhi, the illustrator. He did an amazing job. And you see the cover of the book and you're interested in it. So um, yeah, the, that was also campaign. I'm going to, I'm going to switch over to your campaign here. So people who are watching on YouTube or even on Spotify can see because it's adorable. So right now, when this goes live, there will be, you know, less than a week left. So you have to take action. Um, but the all the graphics are absolutely adorable and you really get a sense of the personality of eel and shrimp there's even an anglerfish in there um and so everything is super cute super cute and you also have eel's book of mermaid jokes as a bonus as well so there's so much um one thing that you're at now is you're into stretch goals and trying to reach 100 backers um so let's help tamara get there so we can unlock some stickers um, but yeah, so did Alvin help you with all of these graphics or did, were you in charge of the graphics? Well, he did all, like, for example, where it says rewards, he created that illustration and then he created this illustration of the shrimp looking at the computer screen and then the rest I pulled together in Canva. Okay, that's really good to know. Um, so a lot of this can be done in Canva. I would say elements of nice of, of campaigns that look very visually attractive is when you have 
custom elements and then you can take them and piece them together in Canva yourself. So definitely, you know, hire your illustrator to do some custom elements and then um, you can, you know, continue to play around with it and do a lot, which is really great. Alvin is so talented and his artwork is so much fun. Um, I love all of the uh, accessories that that your that the kids get to pick to be a custom mermaid, and considering how talented Alvin is, I'm sure if you had a special request, he could make that happen as well. Oh, absolutely, um, yeah. But that's but that's really fun. I know um, my kids are looking forward to being in the book. They saw it and they were like, "You have to, you have to get it for us." I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" Um, and then of course, like the the custom mermaid portraits are available. So. Just to clarify, all the spots in the book are taken, but you can still get custom artwork. So if you love the style um, and want to be a mermaid yourself, you can get that. Right. Great. And so everybody knows this is Luna Marie, this redheaded mermaid here. And she's the one who was brought the most to the campaign, I think, because she didn't use the link. So I'm not 100% sure. But Alvin did the illustration of her as quickly as he could. He's so fast, you guys, he's amazing. We did a few back and forth between me and him, and then I sent it to the mermaid herself and she approved it. And uh, one of them asked for some changes, but um, most of them, by the time he and I had gone back and forth a little bit, they were happy with the illustration. So I've yeah. given this to her and also the rights so she can use it for a sticker or for merchandise, a t-shirt or something later on. And um, then I can also make stickers with it or use it in my campaign as I am. So what I wanted to do was uh, if I get 100 backers, I can print 100 stickers within that budget and give one to every backer as an extra bonus. So uh, I'm at 88. I really need 12 more backers. <laughs> oh, you're definitely going to get it. Don't worry. We'll get we'll get you to 100 backers for sure. Um, yeah, the best. I mean, it's it's such a unique campaign to be part of the book and then to have all these custom illustrations as part of it. And so it's really nice because Alvin was game to do all of that, all of this custom work. I know some, some illustrators, they, they sign on to do the book and then that's it. And then they're off doing other projects. So um, what a nice, what a nice collaboration and, and work relationship you have that, that he was willing to, to really be a part of the campaign. Something for children's book authors or anyone who has some type of artwork in their books to consider is to ask, you know, just to ask and say, hey, would you be interested in making your artwork available, doing custom portraits? What would you charge for that? Um, so that you can then price it properly into the rewards, which is a really unique opportunity. Yeah, we've actually sold a lot of the, the portraits because people are interested in um, making like a, a mermaid who does birthday parties and and gigs. She's interested in having t-shirts or stickers with her portrait. So some of the portraits we've sold have been to people who already are mermaids. No, that's great. So in terms of, you know, if an author uh, wanted to try influencer marketing, what would your advice be? Well, the first thing is find what's valuable to, to the influencer. I mean, obviously money, everybody values money, but something like a portrait has a different value. These sticker portraits are not worth $2,000, but she puts $2,000 value on posting a reel, you know? So at some level, the portrait, you know, was worth that. And also, I mean, they're human. She had, she had goodwill. She wanted to support another female entrepreneur, small business owner. 
uh, you know, a creative person like herself. So um, make a connection, you know, I, I started the emails with, you know, I'm an ocean lover, I'm a petty dive master, I'm, uh, you know, I've become an author to make kids laugh, and I, you know, there's something magical about mermaids, they, they do what they do, I mean, sure, they love to swim, but also they do it for the smiles and the, the social media, and also at birthday parties, the smiles on the kids, um, you know, there's an intrinsic reward there, and that for the reason why they become a mermaid and, and they want to help others, they're human. So I think the big thing is the connection. Um, yeah, so find what's valuable to the influencer and make a good connection. Yeah, and that's and the then part. Say, nothing is, sorry, say, say what you want. Don't be afraid to say, I will give you this illustration if you do three posts on Instagram and to story or whatever you think it's worth. Um, it's not I it's not worth two thousand dollars, but it it had a value and and I made her see that. So yeah. yeah, I think that's really huge. And I think that the relationship at the end of the day is always what drives crowdfunding campaigns to a certain degree. You know, I, I'm not talking about, you know, the hundred thousand dollar campaigns, fifty thousand dollar campaigns, I'm not talking about those. Um, those have reached a tipping point where you don't have a, a relationship with your backers. Um, but yes, if you are working with anyone, our influencer marketing is, you know, you're working with another professional, it's it's relationship building, there has to be transparency and trust and um, I think those are better working relationships and you offered something unique. It was a unique proposition. Uh, she gets money all the time from um, big companies with large budgets. Uh, so you were able to offer her something different that, you know, these other companies weren't and she saw the value there and was willing to compromise for, you know, a project that, that she wanted to be a part of. And I think that that's at the end of the day, the, the hope. And also you didn't give up. You, you did want to give up. You're like, this isn't working. And unbeknownst to you because we haven't talked about you have been approaching patty dive shops and we're getting strings of just silence and or you know not outright rejection but just no response and so it had been weeks of like no no and so it's really easy to feel dejected or let down and to give up but I applaud you for you know continuing and not giving up because in the end it, it paid off so what has surprised you the most so far of running this Kickstarter campaign? It's always a surprise when someone that you don't know well, but they obviously feel a connection to you supports. Um, for example, there was this woman that I met in line at the immigration office 11 or 12 years ago when I first came to Germany. And we had coffee one time and I haven't really spoken to her in, in 11 or 12 years. And she came on and, and sponsored the campaign. And it felt really nice to know that that connection, even though it was a long time ago and was short, it, it was special to her enough to come back around and, and sponsor. Or maybe she just really is a Big Mermaid fan. <laughs> that was a surprise. It also, it surprised me a little bit or a lot um, that the campaign plateaued when I reached my goal. So not just my friends and family, but also the strangers seemed really supportive of helping me reach my goal. And um, that really slowed down <laughs> once I reached. My, my goal is 6,000, so which was enough to print the 
the books, but it doesn't recoup any of the illustrations and editing and you know the time spent on the Kickstarter. It doesn't recoup any of that. So obviously I was hoping to get a lot more. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll see if we do. I think if we get a hundred backers, that would be a really good milestone yeah. to me. So. Yeah. Setting your goal amount is always the, the hardest part um, because there's always like this lull after you reach your goal and you're like, oh, if I had just set it to 8,000, everyone would push to 8,000. And then there are people who, you know, they hit their, their goal is 10,000 and they're stuck at six and they can't make right. it. And so it's kind of, and then they're like, now I'm going to lose 6,000 because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't set it. So it's, it's a really um, tenuous string to walk. So I think I know it's always good to say, oh, I hope I go beyond and, and we have stretch goals to reach beyond, but it is difficult to reach beyond, but it's almost better to secure, secure the six and then, you know, keep pushing and keep, keep incentivizing people to, to get you across the way. No, a big thank you. You've um, been coaching me and helping me from day one about this Kickstarter campaign. And I will say the campaign is what people see, but it's the three or four months before the campaign. When you're building your email list, you're creating these graphics, you're writing these emails so that they're ready to, you know, copy and paste and fill in and schedule and send. Um, and that's where <laughs> the blood, sweat and tears is. And uh, yeah, it's been fun working with you and, and I appreciate all your wisdom. So it's been, oh. well, it's been wonderful well, working with you. And yes, you've put in so much work. Can you show the numbers that you were willing to show? On Kickstarter, it gives you the numbers of all the backers ordered by the percentage, but I just rearranged them a little bit. These are the four mermaids. Mm -hmm. um, that supported the king. This is not accurate because I actually shared, I reposted hers with my link and people came through my link and went to her. So she did get a lot of camp of pledges, but I think maybe only four. This one was only a um, one reel that she did. She got a, wow. a back. This one did, a, I think, just a post because she was on commission. She, I didn't do a portrait for her. Okay. And this one posted a whole lot and she got four uh, pledges, but they were relatively small. So, um, well, I've lost it. Here it is. Polo Wagon Publishing. This is my site here. Polo Wagon okay. Publishing. Site redirect is what she posted. So she basically said, go to Tamara's page and then you'll, go, you'll get there. Um, and so I have, it's hard to measure how much of this came from her and how much of this came from something that I posted as well. Yeah. Um, but I'm pretty confident that seven, six, seven, eight pledges came from, from Luna Marie as well, but I can't, <laughs> this is, can't prove it. I don't have any proof. This of that. is really fascinating. So what's interesting and really important to know, because when you're like, okay, what size influencer do I reach out to? If someone has 50,000 followers and they bring one person to your campaign, if you're looking at numbers, like that's a, an abysmal conversion rate. So it's really important to know. And this is why so many people report that it's, it's, it's not your, the mermaid's job to convert people to your campaign. It's your job to convert people to your campaign. So your campaign is highly convertible. You have amazing graphics, great rewards, everything. And so it's 
very difficult. I mean, they can send you traffic, they can send you clicks, and they could probably, I don't know if they'd be willing to share, you know, how many uh, profile did they clicks did they get on a certain day, um, the day they posted the reel, that would be really interesting, because then you would know how many clicks, and then you could do the conversion rate out of clicks versus uh, followers. Um, but it is important to know that just because someone has a large following doesn't mean you're going to convert all of their traffic at all. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. This mermaid has 180,000. Wow. Um, this one had, I think, only maybe 40,000 on Instagram, but she also had 100,000 on TikTok. Okay. Which I don't think the TikTok <laughs> got much traction. Um, I'm forgetting, but I think somewhere in the range of 100,000. 100, and Mermaid Sparkles was recently in a documentary called Mare People on Netflix, which I I assume people know about this outside of Mermaid. It's actually a really great documentary. And I approached her three days after the documentary released and she had 12,000 followers. She was the first one that said yes. And by the time she's sharing my post, she had 30,000 followers. Wow. Um, so she's pretty, I think also the rise, she's more visible in people's feed because she's getting so many new followers. So, um, and also she was passionate about it. So her, really her conversion rate is actually the best. She had the smallest audience and uh, possibly the, the highest number of backers for that audience. If you look at number of yeah. backers per. From these four, yes. Someone, it was amazing timing that you, you got Mermaid Sparkles as she's on the rise when all this exposure from the Netflix documentary, but also working with someone who's a, a quote unquote smaller creator might might be better. Um, they may have a more intimate audience or uh, trust, you know, have a closer parasocial relationship with their, with their influencer. Um, so, you know, if someone, if someone is following you and you have 12,000 followers, you kind of, you know, you, you behave differently than if you have a hundred thousand followers. So um, maybe the quote unquote micro influencer um, might be a better return on your investment. So thing to think yeah, about. Yeah, absolutely. And especially if if you, you know, like if you have a hometown and you have a blogger or someone from your hometown that you would have a lot of common loose connections that would also, a smaller influencer could have a much bigger impact. Yeah. Yeah. Really interesting. Thank you so much for sharing these numbers. Um, it's eye-opening. Yeah. In terms of the traffic. And again, important to know that of your 88 backers, you know, 20 came from influencers, something, something around those numbers. Um, so it's, it's important, it's important to not rely on anybody else's audience. You still have to build your crowd and drive traffic to the campaign. Yeah. I feel like, you know, the smaller, the quote unquote, smaller influencers, people feel like they really know, like they have a personal relationship with them. They have like a friendship. It may not be true. It may be just a one-way relationship, but they feel like they have this, uh, closer tie and are really, you know, really excited about, them being in a book or them being in a documentary. So that's, that's really exciting. I guess if someone has a hundred thousand followers, you're like, yeah, of course you're in a book. Like you have a hundred thousand dollars. Like what else do you have going on? <laughs> but right. one of us, someone who has 12,000 followers, like that's amazing. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited for you. Um, so maybe there's a little more groundswell support there. Really interesting. This is, this is eye opening for sure. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes it's just to get lucky. Like I could have reached out to the wrong mermaids, you know, or any, you know, anything could have happened. Uh, yeah. But it's good to know 
um, that uh, traffic will get muddied. There's no way to track the exact, you know, people say like, oh, okay, I spent this much on ads. I spent this much of this. I need to know what the return on investment was. And it's like, it's, you can kind of, you can try, you can try your best, but at the end of the day, you just don't know because Kickstarter does not tell you where each pledge came from. They don't give you the referring link by pledge. So there's no way that you know, okay, this person, oh, my, my aunt converted on my website versus the Facebook post. There's no way to know. Um, They gave you a lot of information. I added these to this down here. This could be me or one of the mermaids. I mean, three people just went to Google and Googled mermaids don't fart or my name or something (laughs) and ended up there. And who knows Maybe they saw a reel on Facebook or Instagram, or maybe they know me personally, who knows? And then some people went to kickstarter.com. Six people went to kickstarter.com and just searched for mermaids don't fart. And to me, that says that was an influencer, like someone sent them to Kickstarter. But maybe, I think (laughs) not No, it's true. I mean, and, and that's why it's, you don't always know. And so even if something looks like it didn't, work maybe it really did say that one one thing that occurs to me about influencers if you a lot of these influencers also got invited to the premiere of the little mermaid and if you think about disney who obviously their budget compared to my budget is you know you can't even compare there's no link to disney there's no call to action there's no click here to see that it's just a mermaid doing a reel about being invited to the premiere of the little mermaid and um you know as each mermaid shares more people are seeing it and maybe <laughs> maybe they're looking it up and and coming back to it later so uh that's part of the influencer thing is it's a bit of a long-term strategy of this is going to be in people's head hopefully you know next year when the book actually comes out to the public Anybody who didn't back their campaign, it will still be in the back of their mind and they'll come across it. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if you have thought about this, but I would I would probably gift a few copies of the book to the mermaid so they can read it in person at all these events or giveaway or something if they're, you know, especially yeah. since they're in the book. And then that encourages them to, you know, purchase more, at, you know, a, a special mermaid deal or mermaid deal or something like that. Well, two of, um, two of them actually sponsored the campaign, bought nice. pre-ordered book. You know, if you're feeling generous and feeling like, you know, yes, okay, goodwill, spread the goodwill. It never hurts to have more bur- more books in circulation. It's always a good thing. Yeah. Another thing that came around to me is if we do do the stickers, now I already have the art, which was how I paid the, the influencer. So by paying the influencer, I created something also that I can use. Um, I don't know how much profit I'll make on the stickers, but I can certainly, you know, give them out at events or yeah, whatever else. So. Yeah, it's just ongoing, <laughs> ongoing art. <laughs> more creation. You're creating more art out there and uh, driving awareness to the campaign. One question I had was, how far in advance did you approach these influencers to the launch of your campaign? Oh, I didn't approach them before. I approached oh. them and the campaign was already 35% funded. Before the campaign, I basically had no, no backers respond. That was when I was just, I can pay you 10% or you know, tell me what you'll charge or whatever. And then um, 
none of the influencers at that point were interested. It was when I could offer them the art that, or when I came up with the idea to offer them the art um, that, that some of them started back in, or started responding and then posting about the, about my campaign. So the campaign was live, already had social proof on it, was already, you know, moderately funded, 35% funded. And then you gave them a very unique proposition to be part of the book itself. Right. Yeah. It's not easy to do. Not easy to do. Anyone who's listening, who's like, oh, I can replicate this. Be like, okay, let's hope all the planets align and, <laughs> and the, the, the heavens shine down upon you to make this work. Cause yeah, it's a, it's a lot of, uh, hard work preparation, um, and then timed with, you know, really good, good timing because you have a beautiful campaign. It's, um, really well illustrated with a talented illustrator, Alvin Adhi, and, uh, you're, approach is also really you know part of your success as well as who you are and you have something in common and you're part of the community um so again there's no shortcut to relationship building and i talk about this a lot and that's the part people don't want to hear um they're like no just give me give me the cheat code give me the the quick the quick in it's like there is no this is not a get rich quick scheme at all this is going to take time effort and energy uh, to put into building these relationships, having these conversations. Um, and then the, the payoff is a long-term relationship that, you know, will, will be fruitful in the weeks, months, years to come, hopefully. Um, but you have to plant those seeds and then that takes a lot of time and energy. <laughs> All right. Well, wonderful. Um, thanks so much for joining and everyone can go be a mermaid. You can still get custom art. You can get custom uh, comic book illustration style if that's more the style you're looking for. But yes, definitely pre-order Mermaids Don't Fart by pledging to the campaign. No money is taken until the campaign ends. So it's still just a pledge and help her unlock those stickers. Let's get her past 100 backers. Thank you so much, Tamara. It's been wonderful talking with you. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. <laughs>